Okay, let's go. What's good, Defenders Nation? There we go. Hi, everybody. It is time for not just a one more sleep, but something we've started this year that we think is super fun here on Defenders of the Bank, your favorite LAFC podcast that does these kinds of things. This is called Getting to Know, and we do these Getting to Know episodes when we're playing a club that is not in Major League Soccer. That's right, a club that is outside the realm of the normal teams that we face. First of all, we should tell you who we are, anything but normal right here in front of the semi-famous scarf wall here in beautiful Lawndale, California. It's me. It's me. It's the S-C-A-R-F-I-E. That's right. Scarfie in the building. Uh, I I had to try to make that rhyme as best I could. J.R. Liebert, the scarf. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to a very special Getting to Know You Campeones Cup edition with Tigres. To my left is is the the tiger of the, the Defenders of the Bank pod. Uh, that's that's one Christian, not from Philly, but we call him Philly. Philemon. Yeah, the platinum-colored-haired flamingo, although it's starting to get really dark these days. Yep, finally back together. Scarf, doing a podcast without you, not nearly as much fun as it is doing it with you. But the only luxury that I had this last pod was there wasn't really too much to talk about <laughs> in that game against the Philadelphia Union. There really wasn't anything to talk about. Yeah, that was right. I managed to secure 37 minutes worth of any kind of content blows my mind. But welcome back. You were in New York. You actually went to our old stomping ground, City Field, where you took photos of the bricks that display your family's name and my family's name. What yes, was sir. it like being in the East Coast? Look, man, it was great to be around family. Uh, that was the the whole point of the trip. Uh, you guys, as you all know, it was the memorial mass for my dad and got to be around family. Uh, did not think again, uh, this is be the last time. Hopefully I talk about it for a little while. Did not have eulogizing my dad on my 2023 bingo card. That's for sure. But that being said, being around family, being back in New York, getting to see at least one of the two home run apples that are there at city field. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. And again, it was all about family. It was all about celebrating my dad. Happy to be back. I am working on about an hour and a half of sleep. Got off the plane <laughs> earlier today. So it's a normal day. You know, what are you going to do here at Defenders of the Bank? That's how much we love you. We want to bring you this very special, not one more sleep, but like one more sleep, getting to know Tigres. Philly, by the way, I actually listened to the episode. You killed it. Uh, very happy. It was uh Give me some one of our pods. We've we've recorded 277 of them, and I've yet to ever hear you listen to any of them. I'm blown away by that by itself. Listen, I have listened to at least four of our podcasts of the 277 that we've done. Uh, What's happened, by the way, to everybody in the chat? We got Mario and Gomez and JLA. We love you guys. Uh, Really appreciate uh, you guys listening and being part of this. This is so much fun. Uh, look, it's something we love to do. We do it for you. So let's get right to it. This is a club in Tigres that is as good as it gets in Liga MX and CONCACAF. And we are doing this to win our first trophy of the season. We hope this one, the Campeones Cup and uh, Philly, this would be edition number five of the Campeones Cup. Again, real quick, it pits the winner of the the, the Campeones de Campeón. I forget the... You can go to the next slide because it's got... Campeón de Campeones. Campeones de Campeón. That's the one. The the Campeón de Campeones from Liga MX. That's right. That's the, the winner of Liga MX against the winner of last year's MLS Cup. That's us. And that's Tigres and Philly. I'm so excited because we get to see one of our favorite players in all of CONCACAF. But let's talk just a little bit first about this Campeones Cup final. Yep, this is only this league league cup thing hasn't been around for that long. 2018 was the inaugural season of the Campeones Cup, and as Scarf alluded to, the champion of MLS, which is us, and then the champion of Campeon, the Campeon de Campeones, which basically pits the winner of the Clausura and the Apertura. That being the case, that put Tigres in a game with Pachuca. And that's a game that took place back in June, a game in which Tigres won two to one. Hence, that's why we are playing them. Now, this club, Tigres, 
Los Tigres de Mexico, not a stranger when it comes to this Campeones Cup, as they are the ones who won the inaugural one in 2018 when they whooped up on Toronto FC 3-1. to We've only had a handful of winners. And quite honestly, with the exception of Tigres in 2018, every single Campeones Cup was won by an MLS team. Tigres is the only club to do so. On the yeah, side. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Look, this is a four-game winning streak potentially for MLS clubs. And I want to set something straight. Gomez Jr. here uh, says, probably not, but will a win send us to the Champions League? No, this is a one-off. It has nothing to do with the, now it's called the Champions Cup. Uh, it'll be called that for the, for next year. And then moving forward, no, uh, this has nothing to do with a berth in Champions League. However, it has everything to do with winning a trophy. And again, as you can see, Atlanta United beating Club America, Columbus Crew beating Cruz Azul, and last year NYCFC beating Atlas. Three straight MLS winners, the only team, as you said, Philly, beating that that Toronto team that, I mean, that would have been, what, a, a quadruple instead of a treble for that yep. Toronto team? That would have been an incredible run for that Toronto club. But they ran into a player that we will talk about quite a bit in this Mario. I love Mario. I couldn't find her for the last pod, by the way. I I don't know how that happens. By the way, you have like at least two of her, don't you? No, I just got the one. Oh, maybe I, maybe I subliminally hid her on the last one. So look, that's the history of the Campeones cup. Let's talk a little bit about Tigres. Tigres, one of the top clubs in Liga MX. And look, this is our third time facing a club from Liga MX, and all three have been very formidable opponents, not just because the first two beat us, but because that is the class Third time of, this season, you mean? Yeah, third time this season there that we go. will have faced a Liga MX opponent, obviously losing to Leon and Monterrey. We are hoping that the third time is a charm. Philly, there's no way, let's, let's just talk about this real quick. There's no way that we can play for and lose three trophies in the same season, right? There's no way that's happening. No way it's happening. Look, I'm not even drinking Topo Chico this week because I don't think it's going to happen. I'll tell you what, LAFC still is a tale of two teams. Uh, I mean, if we sh- if we produce what we were producing prior to Leon, I feel very confident in this game. If we are the same team that's a shell of itself post-Leon, I'm really nervous because, like you said, Tigres is a phenomenal team. The 2023 Klaus Suda champions, despite the fact that they finished in Liga Amekis in seventh place, they ended up taking care of business. Their rivals from 25 minutes away, Monterrey, finished the regular season on top of Liga Amekis that season. And since we've combated them in 2020, they've gone on to be the runners-up in the FIFA Club World Cup. Had it not been for a 59th-minute goal by Benjamin Pavard from Bayern Munich, who knows? Maybe Tigres would have found their way into this, uh, into uh, into another trophy. But they've got some phenomenal players, Scarf, and a good ten players from their current roster was on that team back in 2020. So this is not a team that is new that has to worry about chemistry and finding the magic in between players. This is a team that is solid, a team that is consistent, and a team that just continues on to win. Eight-time Liga Amekis champions, three Copa Amekis titles, 2015 Copa Libertadores runners-up losing a River Plate. Tigres is no joke. They are the real deal. Yeah, look, if you go up and down the roster, especially these guys that have experience, they're playing in Campeones Cups, they're playing in Club World Cups, they're playing in Champions League. There is a ton of experience in some very high-level matches on this Tigres team, and we are going to talk all about them. This is a club that has enjoyed success, I'm going to say it, in the Gignac era because I think you can really measure Tigres's ascension as to one of the top clubs in Liga MX as starting with bringing in the Frenchman Andre-Pierre Gignac. I mean, he is the class of uh, CONCACAF as far as I am concerned. I think he is, in my opinion, maybe one of the top two or three players in the entire region. I know that players like Tiago Almada and Carlos Vela and Danny Bawanga and Hani Mukhtar, they may have something to say about it, but you know what? I think if you polled maybe 100 writers, how many of them might say that over the last five, six, eight, ten years that Zinyak has been the class of, of CONCACAF? 
Philly, they play in a beautiful stadium, this university stadium in San Nicolas de los Older. What's that? It's older. I wouldn't call it beautiful. Estadio BBVA, now that's beautiful. Yeah, but sure, but they pack this stadium 42,000 strong. They are used to playing in front of a crowd. Look, as much as we want to say that the 3252 could rattle them, as much as we want to say that playing in front of 22,000 screaming black and gold faithful like they will be doing tomorrow at BMO Stadium is going to have some sort of an effect, I have to be honest, everybody. I don't think, to me, to me, the environment that they are going to see at BMO Stadium will be just like any other road match because, Philly, I want to get your take on this. Tigres comes with a target on their back. We talk about it all the time, how our players should be wearing all-star jerseys every match because the target's on the front. Tigres experiences the same thing no matter where they go in Liga Emekis, no matter where they go in CONCACAF or the world, they've got the target on them as well. So when they go to unfriendly confines like they're going to be doing here at BMO Stadium, it's just going to be another away crowd to them. I think we've got to do everything we can to get the 3252 to get inside the heads of everybody wearing a Tigres shirt. The 3252 is going to go out there and they're going to be balling as they always do. I don't have the concern with what's going to happen in the North End. It's always a performance and they always give their all all the time. What concerns me more than that is the amount uh, is the rest of the stadium around. You take 22,000, you subtract, you subtract 3,252 and it's everybody else that concerns me. In that match against Leon, we saw a fair amount of green in BMO Stadium. When we were in Pasadena, albeit not as much, we saw a fair amount of rayados, of stripes when we took on Monterrey. Obviously, this being one of the biggest clubs in Liga Mekis and a team that was Liga Mekis team of the decade, this is going to be a there's going to be a lot of fans and a lot of supporters that are going to make that trip from Monterrey because it's really not that far. Uh, and infiltrate BMO Stadium. So I'm really hoping that the black and gold outside of the 3252 go out there and represent because the last thing I want to do is see a sea of blue and orange in our stadium. It's our stadium, and we need to make sure and maintain it that way and protect it as best as we can. Yeah, Philly, what worries me as well is that they've got some time to have bought their tickets for this. This isn't one where their club advanced and then they play the next week and they've got to kind of scramble to get their road trip ready. This was announced, what, a month and a half, two months ago, right? The date has been on the calendar for this Campeones Cup final. So all of those Tigres fans will have had a chance to get their tickets, get their travel in order I think we're going to see a lot like what we saw in the Leon game. If I'm being honest, this is one of those that you had to opt in or actually opt out for, right? Which could help a lot of the black and gold faithful, but we know there have been a lot of tickets available on the secondary market. We know how tough these Wednesday night games are, but you've got to believe, right? If we're playing for a trophy, if we're playing to add silverware to the case, you got to hope that it'll be black and gold in the stands left and right. What we'll see, though, I, I'm I'm going to be cautiously optimistic mm. rather than optimistic about that one. Philly, we can't talk about Tigres without talking about Robert Saboldi. Robert Saboldi has come into Tigres and has just been a winner. Only six losses in 27 matches. The, the team is able to score and defend a plus 20 goal differential in those 27 matches that he has coached. And, and it looks like he's been able to get a lot of the stars on the same page. Robert Saboldi, an excellent head man for Tigres. Without a doubt, and the guy was a player too. Played the position of a goalkeeper, which is interesting. I don't hear about too many goalkeepers turned managers. Obviously, when we took battle against Tigres last time, they had the legendary Tuca Ferretti as the manager there. After he left Tigres, that guy went to Juarez, the Cruz Azul, and then obviously managed L3. Uh, Robert Saboldi, he, uh, I mean, he had many, he ten down in Monterey, having played about 109 matches for Tigres, 34 caps with Uruguay, had another 808 games with Atlas, and. He is no stranger to, to winning Liga Amekis, as he has done so with both Santos and Tigres. Although, albeit his championships were under the title interim head coach, doesn't matter. The guy was a player. He's had his battles in the league, and he's obviously been successful. And 
He, uh, the fact that he is managing to maintain the success that Tigres has had these past couple of years under Tuca, well, that speaks volumes for his coaching style. Yeah, you know, Philly, you got me thinking. The last time we played Tigres, that was 2020. Remember, Bob Bradley was the guy behind the uh, the curtain pulling all the strings for LAFC. We started, and I have nothing but respect for these guys, but we started Tristan Blackman and Eddie Segura on the back line. We started Latif Blessing and Mark Anthony Kay in the midfield. We started the Moose up top to try and win Champions League. And look, on the bench, friend of the podcast, Philip Ejimadu, on the bench were all three original homegrowns, and that was three years ago. So imagine you're talking about 15, 16-year-old kids in Tony Leone, in Christian Torres, and in Eric Duenas. We got young Bryce Duke who was there on the bench. That was a very young club. And then you got guys like Dayan Yakovich and Jordan Harvey, you know, trying to be the leaders there on the bench. That was not, I'll say this, we were a very good club when we were playing in that final, but that was not a very deep and talented bench after the 11, a, a little difficulty there. Uh, I, I agree. Let's, let's talk real quick, Mario. We're going to get back to your comment. At the That's end valid the point. They played yeah. three nothing against Montenegro. We're, we're going to talk about that at the end of all this after we go through these guys, Philly. But uh, yeah, Robert Saboldi will definitely have them ready. And look, let's just start at the top when we talk about their players to watch. I think anybody and everybody knows about Andre Pierre Gignac. There are great players in Liga MX history. There are great players in CONCACAF history. And then there are players who should absolutely have a statue built in front of the stadium. This is their guy. Much the way that Hanover adopted an American as the mayor of Hanover <laughs> in Steve Chirundolo, the Frenchman has become the Mexican as far as these Liga Amekis fans are concerned. Andre Pierre Gignac is the absolute class of Tigres. And by the way, according to Transfer Market, this will be Gignac's 350th mm -hmm. cap for Tigres. 196 goals. Let's hope he doesn't get any closer to 200 goals for this club. Philly, I think it's safe to say Andre Pierre Gignac, if there was a Liga Emekis Hall of Fame, would be first ballot. Without a doubt, one of the biggest signings to head from Europe to League IMAX. And I think somebody had mentioned that in the chat. I uh, Yeah, right here. I got you. Oh, yeah, there it is right there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Obviously, you put him up there with the likes of Ronaldinho. You're like, this is a guy that played at a very big club in France in Olympic Marseille. You said it. This is going to be his 350th game. He's got 196 goals scored. If you look at his career altogether, 730 matches played between Tigres, Marseille, Toulouse, FC Orient, and Pau FC. Scored 334 goals. If you do the math, that's 45% uh, of the time he manages to score a goal. Had 36 caps with France, seven goals scored. I mean, the guy is a legend. And at 37 years old, he continues to get better. He's already asserted his name thus far in the Liga Mekki season as a candidate for Golden Boot in the nine games that Tigres has competed. And he's already scored five times and assisted twice. The guy keeps getting better and better. And he actually is a joy to watch. I enjoy watching Tigres play just mainly because of him and a couple of other players as well. But he's an exciting, dynamic player. And he's the one who pretty much put the nail in our coffin in 2020 when he scored that 84th minute goal to end our CCL run. Yeah, and that, by the way, that game played in December of 2020. That was played at the House of the Mouse. That was Exploria Stadium, basically. It, no, no, no fans. No fans. That played in front of zero crap, closed doors. So, again, the 3252 could weigh in quite a bit. I do want to mention one other thing about Andre Pierre Gignac. The man has played 730 matches, as you mentioned, in his career, scored 334 goals. He has 113 yellow cards. Mm. man has zero red cards this guy never leaves the pitch when andre pierre gignac is out there you know you have a leader that will be in the trenches with you he has absolutely no issue playing on a yellow when he does get them but he only does have 113 yellows and we know that's in 113 different games, which means he's played 617 matches without getting a yellow. He is as good of a true leader 
out there on the pitch as well. And I think a lot of that is what is really putting him over the top in legendary status. I do hate the man for that 84th minute goal. You could also hate Hugo Ayala for scoring 10 minutes after Diego Rossi. Ayala's still with the club, though, working more in the front office, though. Than right, Hugo Ayala's still there. By the way, that was Diego Rossi from Mark Anthony K on yep. our last goal. 64th minute. We scored against Tigres. Oh, my goodness. All right, Philly, let's move on from the great. We got two more guys we have to talk about. First, Diego Linez might be the next big thing for L3. He is as good as it gets, 23 years old and already 20 six caps with L3 uh, a relative newcomer to Tigres however Philly just 30 games but again their head man only has 27 games as their manager so you're looking at a guy who has been able to come up with their new head coach in Diego Linez and really start to see the form that his coach had wanted when they brought him over and there's some youth on this team for a change because as we mentioned there was 10 players on Tigres now that were on the team back in 2020. And a decent portion of them from Gignac, Guzman, uh, Quinones. There's so many of them that are in their 30s. He, Diego, is only 23 years old. And he's already spent a little bit of time in Europe, uh, playing for a little bit for Betis, uh, loaned out to Braga. And as you just mentioned, he uh, he's a part of Tigres now for a, a couple of games. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't he the one that got into the scuffle with Matt Miazga? Couple, yes, of, couple he, of, yeah, I, that's right. That's he where he burst onto the scene and in my eyes originally. But the kid's a speedster midfielder, and he did score, I believe, in that last game against Monterey uh, this past on September 23rd. So he's certainly another kid to keep an eye out for. Yeah, he's a midfielder, but think of a player. Look, he's not quite in the likes of like a Ricky Pooch, but he loves to be <laughs> on the ball. He loves to be able to to do some different things. Uh, they're, they're, Philly, we got to see who the referees are. Ruben wants to know who the referees are going to oh, be. Oh, I could tell you the uh, the PR notes. You you keep talking. I'll get the PR notes. Absolutely. I'll, I talk, ha- about I have Luis. I'll talk about Luis Enrique Quinones, the other guy that has been around since essentially the Gignac era began. We're talking a guy who has 217 caps with Tigres. But you see that face of Luis Enrique Quinones? That's because the dude also likes to pick up a yellow card from time to time. But he is a player. As a forward, look, he's usually one of the guys feeding Zinyak. He does have 23 goals in his 217 caps. But the man also has 52 assists from the forward position for Tigres all time. And he is a guy who knows how his bread is buttered. You feed the man. You feed Gignac and Luis Enrique Quinones is fantastic about that. We got we got some debate in the chat about uh, Linez and his development right now, but more importantly, he's a player that we are absolutely going to have to keep our eye on when we play him tomorrow. Philly, the uh, referees. Drew Fisher is going to be the main referee. The assistant wow. referee. Is I, I don't know that one. That's a good thing, right? You never, re- you don't never want it, dude. How many baseball games have you watched? And do you remember the names of any umpires in particular? Dude, Cowboy Joe West? Absolutely. I hate that guy. Okay, but yeah, you remember those more for positive reasons. You don't remember umpires' names for reasons like that that pissed you off. Obviously, we have a couple of those in Major League Soccer in the lights of Uncle and uh, and Penso. But yes, yeah. I'm unaware of Drew Fisher. The assistant referees are going to be Michael Barwegan. I don't know who that is. Arfaleas, and then the fourth official, Pierre-Luc Lazier. Eric Galindo, VAR. He's VAR. Oh, we actually do have a Penso. In the uh, in the in the officials, is He's it Tori be though? Because that's the good one. Is Christopher Penso, not uh, his wife. Tori's. So we do have a Penso near the pitch, but at least he's not going to be running around. Var, uh, he can't muck this up. Philly, who's the fourth official again? It sounded like one of uh, Andre Pierre Gignac's countrymen. Pierre Luc Lausier. Oh man, am I? I'm worried about that. That's it. All right, I'm calling it conspiracy theory. We'll see what happens with that fourth official. Collusion, uh, collusion. <laughs> Mar- Mario, they're they're talking about Linez and how he's uh, underperformed. Let's hope he continues to underperform. 
when he plays us in this match uh, next week. Mario, oh, I got, I love this. Mario's comment on uh, Diego Nunez. He's another <laughs> pizza de agua. Look, I, <laughs> I made a comment about the whole squad ready, and then somebody commented back on Twitter like, oh, that's interesting that they've got uh, Julian Gaines as a forward. I said, yeah, you know, they got Julian Gaines as a forward, Tony Leone listed as a midfielder. They've got Mario Gonzalez listed at all. There were lots of things uh, wrong with that roster. Uh, for uh, players who should be ready to go. I'm I'm ready to jump off that bandwagon, but we'll see what happens. Philly, we got a few more players we want to talk about, first of which is Fernando Gorriaran. Uh, look, Gorriaran, the Uruguayan, he's, he's solid, but he doesn't do a whole ton for me, but he's one of those players, by the way, in Gorriaran. If you watch him, he's got the ball at his feet a little bit more than you might think, but he's actually a better defensive mid, in my opinion, than he is at getting things going forward. He's a player that really helps Tigres control possession, control the flow of the game, and a player who could get under our skin a little bit. It's going to be a really interesting matchup between these two midfielders we're about to talk about. Well, I mean, you got to show some level of respectability towards him. I mean, he is the captain of this team, a 28-year-old midfielder in a locker room full of veterans that have been there for a while. But, I mean, he's he's only been there for a little while. For a little while. Actually, hold on a second. That just doesn't seem right to me. He was listed as a captain. He's only been there since 2023. His – that's odd. There's, so, there's something awfully fishy about these statistics that I've been given. 28 <laughs> okay. years old. Had, had his run at Santos Laguna. 119 games, 18 goals. I don't know. Some of these st- statistics that I'm, I'm looking at that were fed kind of kind of off. But, yeah, I mean, seven caps with Uruguay. Uh, I mean, that's – look, you play for Uruguay, you get the nod from that team. At one point, they were, what, top five best teams in the in, in the world. Yeah. So the fact that he's gotten some run with that team, that obviously speaks volumes of the man. Uh, you said you, know, you said he doesn't really do anything for you. Look, in the 19 games that he's played with Tigres, he's only got two goals. He's more – he obviously operates more in, from that defensive role. But, look, he's worn the captain's armband before, so people at Tigres obviously have some high hopes for him. Yeah, I, I want to talk, too, about Sebastian Cordova. This guy, uh, he used to play with Club America – And I just want to point something out. He played about 100 games with Club America. He's about two-thirds of the way there with Tigres. And he's already matched his offensive output in two-thirds of the games with Tigres as he did with Club America. This is another player that if you don't close down on their midfielders, if you don't close down on these guys, they are going to make you pay. And Sebastian Cordova is one of these guys who will. He is equally adept at scoring as he is setting up his teammates. And that is a player, Sebastian Cordova. If we were doing Philly, I'll say this right now. If we were doing our players to watch in this match, like we would a normal one more sleep. I know we're talking about a lot of different players to watch, but if we were doing our players to watch, I know you would take Andre Pierre Gignac because you told me you would take Andre Pierre Gignac, and one like of us should ab- one of us should absolutely take Andre Pierre Gignac. But my player to watch, if I were going to be commenting on any player at length in this match, would absolutely be Sebastian Cordova. Fifteen caps with El Tree, three goals. Uh, got a nice run at America. Yeah, and he's one of their top five most valuable players if you look at it from a monetary standpoint. Yeah. Almost more valuable than pretty much anybody on our team. 26 years old, plenty of upside for this young man, and obviously a consistent starter for this team thus far. Got to keep an eye on him. Look, they're, they're, this team's got so many people. If you, if you run down the list, he's another one of those players that were on Tigres back in 2020. Like, if we go through the list, Guzman, Quinones, Pizarro, Gignac, Carioca, uh, Carioca Aquino. Actually, no, I, I stand corrected. He was not. Tercero, Reyes, Garza, Delgado. Ten players. And he's actually rather new. So, you know what? I got I got I got to fact check statistics that I've been given because <laughs> sometimes I'm getting these things. And as I'm talking, I know better than what the statistics are saying. Uh, PR messed up some stuff here. Yeah. And, and let's be real. Look, we, we, we kind of make fun of transfer market on occasion. But I, I do want to mention the market value for the players that they have on their squad is almost sixty five million dollars. Sixty five million dollars for these guys. And look. The salary rules are very different in Liga Amekis, right? Salary rules are very different. But this is a club that puts some money out there on the pitch. And, and again, Sebastian Cordova, absolutely one of those guys. Philly, uh, their center back, look, we love our defenders of the bank, and their defense 
starts and ends with one of their center backs, Samir Caetano, the Brazilian 28-year-old center back. I- I'm going to say this. He came over from Watford, right? He's got he's got a very decent pedigree uh, before he gets to Tigres. But I want to say this. He's played 43 matches with Tigres and has already got a dozen yellow cards. This could be an opportunity for LAFC if we can get one of those knifing runs by Denny Bawanga into the box, or if Carlos can find a way to get tripped up up top and maybe earn a quick yellow on a player like Caetano, I think that's one of the few spots of real uh, concern with Tigres. If he picks up an early yellow, what are they going to do? How does that change their shape? He's a player who, again, has been all over and played very, very well, but he's always had that pension for yellows that could be a little difficulty for him. We've had a problem picking up early yellows in these past couple of games as well, so you can't say that that isn't a problem that we've had some consistency with. But, yeah, I mean, you said it. The guy, what, seven years in Serie A with Udinese, a cup of coffee in Verona, only played 19 games at Watford. But, look, I mean, if you go from Brazil, you go to Flamenco all the way to Serie A uh, to the Prem, even if it is a yo-yo club like a Watford, that speaks volumes for for this man's talent. And he is going to be solid. But, like you said, hothead. Uh, and if we could get under his skin, love to see that matchup between him and any of our players for that matter. I mean, all you got to do is just a little nudge on the shoulder there, a little bit of the dark arts, which honestly, we don't have anybody that participates <laughs> in the dark arts. If there's anybody remotely close, that might would probably be Giorgio Chiellini, but more from a historical perspective as opposed to a more recent one. Yeah, and then you've got Juan Pablo Vigon, the central midfielder. He's got a penchant for scoring this season. If I remember correctly, Philly, he's already on three goals on the season. A player who has just passed the 100 cap mark for Tigres. And another one of those players, Philly, that they get goals from a lot of different sources. And I think that's where LAFC is really going to have a little bit of trouble we know where our goals will likely come from, right? We've got Denny Bowanga, we've got Carlos Vela, and what we're hoping for, right, is that we get a Ryan Hollingshead goal in there or that we get any of our other forwards hopefully uh, achieving something into the back of the net. But for Tigres, they have a lot of different players, Philly, that are capable of putting it in the back of the net, including one Pablo Vigon. Yeah, he is their second leading scorer. So obviously, you know, you want to keep an eye on him, but that offense flows through Gignac. Their third leading scorer, Jonathan Herrera, I know sustained some kind of a thigh injury uh, recently. So I don't know if he's going to be available. But I mean, between those guys in Cordova and Goriaran, like those guys create opportunities for these players. So they, I mean, they could hit you from so many different angles. But yes, that man is the second leading scorer on the team. Yeah, he's, uh, he's solid and someone we definitely have to watch. Philly. The magic man <laughs> in the back of the net, Nahuel Guzman. Look, this guy's a character, like, man. <laughs> it's he look, he, keepers have to have a little bit of crazy, right? Yeah. This guy, he, he's got a little bit more than a little bit of crazy. 37 years old, but look, if, if we're building a statue for Andre Pierre Gignac, 433 caps. And, and I do want to mention something about Nahuel Guzman. 433 caps, Philly, 401 goals. I did a little bit of quick math. That's fewer than one per match. This guy, 173 clean sheets. Uh, Nahuel Guzman. By the way, the absolute doppelganger. You and I were talking about this pre-show. The absolute doppelganger of Argentina's keeper who caused all the trouble at the World Cup. I mean, I feel like they're the same person. I've never seen the two of them in the same room at the same time. Maybe one of them is Batman. I don't know. But this, this keeper... As good as it gets, it's going to be really fun to see the shenanigans because we know there are some coming, right, Philly? There's got to be something coming from the Magic Man. Yeah, you're referring to Emiliano Martinez, by the way. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, they, they do look very similar. But yeah, Guzman's been there since 2014. I mean, the, the renaissance that was Tigres, the, that team of the decade, if you will, in Liga Amekis, all on the shoulders of this man and his performance. He is as good as they get. And if you're just going to be anybody, that's going to be an instigator, somebody whose antics you got to keep an eye out for somebody who's going to try to get in the mind of whoever is in front of them, 12 yards away. Should we land in a position to where we're doing PKs? I mean, this guy's a mastermind when it comes to that, he is on both teams. 
the one who definitely dabbles in <laughs> the dark arts. Yeah, think think Memo Ochoa. Think you know all those other keepers that really find a way to get in your head. Nahuel Guzman is as good as it gets with that. I mean, just look at him. I love this picture too. Like it's, it, it kind of shows that like, he's just, he's a, he's going to really, he's like a Dennis Rodman for me. Like huh. if he's, if he's on, I haven't seen court, him in a wedding dress yet, scarf. That's true. But look, if he might, he might show up to the game in a wedding dress. I don't know. Yeah. But if he's a guy that when he's on your club, Philly, you back him left and right. He is your guy. But as soon as you play against him, you do nothing but hate a player the caliber of Nahuel Guzman. But let's not sleep at all. It'd be it's going to be a really fun matchup between Maxime Cropot in one set of pipes, and we're hoping anyway. We think and Nahuel Guzman in the other set. Philly four hundred thirty three caps, an absolute legend. And and he keeps getting and he keeps getting better. Tigres is in third place thus far this season, and they're going to be competing yet again for some more trophies. And the last thing we want to do is give them any kind of benefit of the doubt. At this point, we've already put them on a pedestal. I don't want to do that anymore. Yes, you want to respect your opponents, but it's done. The respect is done. I We just wanted to make sure that the millions and millions knew exactly who to look out for. And honestly, this list isn't that much different from our 2020 run in the CCL. So these are a lot, a lot of these players are familiar to y'all from that 2020 CCL final or just from Liga Mekis over the last four, five, six years. So, yeah, they it's a good team, but I'm done praising them. Let's move on. Yeah, no, look, you're absolutely right. And again, we talked about it before. This will be a very different 18 and a very different starting 11. What we do know is that we essentially do have the whole squad ready as we take on Tigres tomorrow at BMO Stadium, there are plenty of tickets available on the secondary market. Billy, I, I am looking forward so much. These two guys, right? They have nothing but respect for each other, Carlos Vela and Andre Pierre Gignac. But let's let's go back and talk about we got Mario who brought in this comment right here. And I want to read it for all of you in case you're only listening to this and you're not watching. Are we putting into consideration? that they played a Classico this past weekend and threw everything in while we benched and conserved some of our starters. Mario, you bring up an excellent point. We did not even have Giorgio Chiellini in uniform. Carlos Vela barely played in that match. And to be perfectly honest, most of our guys barely played in that match, even if they were on the pitch. It's not like we exerted some incredible force. And and by the way, neither did Philly. That was not you, Philly, but the team, Philly. Ah, that thanks. that was that was a rough match to watch. And look, I think they're two excellent defensive teams, right? But they came in, Philadelphia did, down two of their better players, and then losing Carranza at the half. And and honestly, after he took that shot, he really wasn't himself at all for the rest of the half that he did play. So uh, not a lot going on on LAFC's end, but you're absolutely right. Philly, that was a massive game for Tigres over the weekend, and now they've got to come and travel to LA. You mentioned it's not super far, right, from, from Tigres. I was just in Monterey in February. It's not that far a flight. But it's still a flight. It's still being somewhere else other than your home. And again, we're hoping we know that the 3252 will make it difficult. We're hoping that the uh, that the stadium, the whole stadium brings it as well. Clásico Regio is one of the biggest derbies in Mexico and arguably one of the biggest in the world. I mean, Monterrey shuts itself down and puts all its focus on that game when these two teams compete against one another. And it's no surprise to me that they put all their guns in on that match. Look, Monterrey in the last in, in the last round of Liga MX, they were on top of the uh, of the charts for the vast majority of the season. The fact that Tigres won the Clausura despite being in seventh place. That just shows you the difference between finishing off a regular season strong and just getting lucky in the playoffs. But that was a game in which Tigres dominated, dominated Monterrey, and they did put all their big guns out there. I mean, you had two goals by Gignac, one by Diego Lainez. You had Guzman, Pizarro, Reyes, Angulo starting. Uh, Aquino, uh, there the the, uh, the Argentinian himself, Goriaran, uh, Carioca, Lainez, Quinones, Cordova, Gignac, and they also collected a fair amount of yellows in that game against Monterrey. So, look, that was on the twenty third. That they have a fair amount of time to have accustomed to travel 
and everything else. They were at BMO Stadium earlier today training at 6.30. You and I got invited to that, but obviously we, we couldn't make it. It would have been fun seeing Gignac and this entire team train, but they're ready. They're hungry, and obviously just being a team of veterans, I think they're feeling kind of confident coming into our stadium knowing that they are the odds-on favorite to win the game. Yes, sir. What, we got invited to that? Did you not see the PR email from MLS? No. Did you get your credentials approved for this game? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So if you were to go to your email, I could even tell. Here, in, in all fairness, Scarf, the invitation did. We were told we could have gotten, we could have went yesterday, but there was no email that was sent until Pedro is of League Soccer sent it at 4.16 p.m. So just an FYI. 4.16 p.m. Huh? Oh, look at that. It doesn't even hey, read. Hey, there it is. It doesn't even read MLS. It's, oh, man, there's a lot going on. Yeah, I wasn't checking my email back then. Either way, uh, yeah, Ruben Rios, hopefully there's a late night final. I, I want to mention something that Ruben Rios talked about right here. Boom, hold on. Bam. There we go. Uh, you. Here we are. Hi. Don't forget to like, subscribe, turn on your notifications for Defenders of the Bank, all things we do on YouTube, obviously Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it, threads, uh, I don't know. Wherever we are, make sure you are as well. We love having you guys in the chat. We love talking about all these different clubs, but we especially do love doing these getting to know you pods so that on your way to the match tomorrow, you get to listen to this. You can get to know who to watch out there. You can tell us how wrong we were with talking about some players, how right we were with talking (laughs) about some players. Win the PR and the stats for me. (laughs) (laughs) And we can all, by the way, Look forward to the Magic Man's antics. We can look forward to Andre Pierre Gignac. And we can look forward to, for the love of Pete, the first trophy of 2023. Lord knows we've had opportunity after opportunity. LAFC, you got to do it for us. Philly, there's no way we can go 0 for 3 against Liga MX teams. Look, it all depends on what team decides to show up. Our freaking problem all season long has not been creating opportunities and the game against philadelphia i'm throwing that out the window we can blame it on ophelia when you're going up against 30 mile per hour wins i don't care who you are it's going to cause havoc in anybody's game between passing and scoring and all that other stuff but so many other matches that we have competed in all season long where we're getting 22 shots nine on target one goal if we're lucky and xg in the uh, through the roof but nothing to show for it that's been our biggest problem and our biggest problem have also been the fact that we've only relied upon Denny Buanga, 27, 28 goals over all competitions. Carlos Vela scored quite a few if you look at all competitions. But then from then, from there, who do we have? Who do we have? We have players. Ryan Hollingshead, baby. Y- yes. By the way, he's only got, what, two goals to tie Graham Zuzzi for the most goals scored by a defender in Major League Soccer. But even if he does score, it's not going to count against that record. But Ryan Hollingshead is a scoring threat. You've said it. I've said it countless times before. He's had training in the position of being a striker. He played it in college at UCLA. But we need the young kids to step up. I'm tired of like defending the likes of a Stipe Buke. It's like, oh, well, he does a lot of the things well that aren't going to be on the stat sheet, like winning corners and winning balls and yada, yada. No. Buddy, score some freaking goals, man. Assist some freaking goals. We need him to step up big. We need Mati to not only be solid in the midfield, but to get some shots on target. Same with Kellen Acosta. Kellen Acosta is great at setting people up, needs to work on that execution. And Mario frigging Gonzalez, I defended you. You've played in six games. You have one goal, one assist, and I'm perplexed by the fact that he didn't make the trip to Philadelphia because of load management. I don't get that for the likes of me. He's 27 years old. He's the last guy that needs any kind of load management. Giorgio Killini, no problem. But if these guys can step the f- up, then I think we got a good chance. If this team can be the team it was prior to our matches against Leon, we have a good chance. Otherwise... Tigres is going to wipe the floor with us because they don't have to worry about building chemistry. They don't have to worry about their number nine getting in the way of another another one of their wingers when that winger has an open opportunity. LAFC is stuck in a position where they shuffled the roster around so much that some of these guys just do not have the chemistry uh, playing uh, playing with one another. That is not the case for Tigres. Tigres is a veteran team with a lot of success behind it and potentially a lot of success going forward. So... 
We need to step up massively if we're going to win any kind of trophy in that match, Scar. Yeah, I want to mention one other thing, too. And it pains me to say this, but someone will cut this and send it to him and he'll be happy. So that's fine. I was having a chat with Uncle Rich, LAFC Rich. And look, I I love Kike Oliveira. I think Kike Oliveira has been a a ray of sunshine in what has been a rather difficult search for anybody playing up top with Carlos Vela and Denny Bawanga. But Kike, Uncle Rich told me, hey, watch his passing in the final third. It may leave a little to be desired. Uncle Rich hit the nail on the head. If you go back and look at his passes inside the final third against Philadelphia, and sure, you could say Ophelia, but, oh, man, it was rough watching his passes in the final third. Uh, We need something more from Kike Oliveira. Yes, Philly. In all fairness, he's not the only one who had problems Making connecting no, passes sure, in the final sure. third. Look, Danny Bowanga's just as guilty. I, I as hear that, you, that too. but go back and watch. I don't think he made one pass. I think it was actually like one for nine or two for nine or something like that with passes in the final third. It was bad. And look, again, Ophelia, sure. But ugh, it pains me to say it. It, it. Watch. We need something from Kike Oliveira in the final third in terms of passing. What we love about him is what Brian Rodriguez did so well from time to time, right? Taking on multiple defenders, making those cutting runs, being dynamic. Well, dynamism and having all that sizzle but no steak, that's not going to work. That's We haven't even seen sizzle from Stipe Buke, let alone steak. We've seen it from Mati. We haven't even we've, seen sizz from Stipe we've, Buke. <laughs> we've gotten the progression from Mati Bogush, especially when he's a midfielder. He is special and fun to watch. We've gotten it, obviously, from Denny Bowanga and Carlos Vela. We're going to need a little bit of offensive production. When was the last time that Ilya Sanchez had one of those line-splitting through passes and really connected with our front line? When was the last time that we saw something? Yeah, right? And when was the last time we saw something from Timothy Tillman in a big game like this? Luckily, he's starting to produce a little bit more. But, Timmy, we need you, my friend. And on the back line, I think it is so underrated, you guys. And look, yes, this man right here, I am not an apologist when it comes to one Giorgio Chiellini. But if you watch Giorgio Chiellini pass the ball, people, <laughs> let me tell you, it is a master class. Italians are speaking with the hands. Absolutely. Scarf's being total paisan right now. My man, Giorgio Chiellini. I cannot wait to see. I am calling it Philly. We are going to see a Giorgio Chiellini assist for sure in this match. It is going to be a master class by Giorgio. That's to me the fun matchup to watch. Giorgio, Gignac, the two players that that arguably have the most experience internationally and in these big games uh, for their club. I don't think it's an argument for our club. I think Giorgio, I mean, you play for Juve and you do all those things that he did for all that time. And obviously Gignac is who he is. That's that's the matchup to watch, man. If tops, if you're listening, if you can somehow make a card of like two players matched up against each other, uh, Philly and I have we want to pay good money to see Gignac play. It doesn't matter where he's playing. I think you and I, Philly, have, have said on several occasions he's a guy that puts butts in seats and is going to be super fun to watch. But that's the matchup that I want to see, Philly. What are the rules, by the way? What happens if if we're level at the end of ninety? I don't think we're going to be level at the end of 90. I really don't. I think we're going to shell shock them and score too early and have them play from behind. And we're going to end up winning two one if we're fortunate enough to get in that position. Because as we know, when we go up first, we have a dynamite chance of winning the game. Unless, of course, we're playing Monterey. Otherwise, I think Tigres is going to wipe the floor with us if they start to catch us early. When we concede first, we don't win very many games. So if we play the way I think we can play, we'll win 2-1. to one. Otherwise, I think Tigres will win 3-1 if they play their game. I don't think we're going into any overtime ties or PKs or anything of that nature. All right, so I just looked it up, and for some reason I got 2018 rules, but I think it's still the same. If we're tied after 90, it goes straight to PKs is what it says. No extra time, no anything else. We go straight to PKs, Philly. Well, I still don't think we're going straight to PKs, man. Like I said, we either shell shock them quick or they wipe the floor with us. There's not like going to be it. an in-between. I don't believe they're going to go the distance at, at, at a draw. All right, I'll start. Score prediction. You ready? Here we go. I'm, I'm riding the wave, folks. 
I think this is going to be an instant classic between two clubs that have been underperforming a little this season, especially LAFC. You guys just not been underperforming, Scarf. They're, they're, they're in third place right now. They're not they're not leading the uh, the Apertura by any large margin. They're back down in third place. I'm, uh, they haven't played as well as they could have. But LAFC, looking at the third chance they have to win a trophy this season, is going to circle the wagons. And I think it is going to be the most entertaining match we've seen at BMO potentially this year. And I think we are going to come away with our first trophy of the season. I think it is going to be three to two. And just like Gignac did to us in the 84th minute, I think we're getting a post 80th minute goal and the roof comes off of BMO and we take home the Campeones Cup and make it four straight for MLS clubs. Your thoughts, Philly. As always, I want that to be the case. But look, they are our visitors have won three out of their last five, including beating a very tough Monterey team. Uh, Gignac already in the hunt for Golden Boot. We're a team that hasn't scored in our last two games, and we've only won one of our last five. Our form is not great. Uh-oh. If we play a hybrid form of all our last five games, we lose three to one. I don't want that. I'm giving you the caveat that I think that we can win two to one. I'm going to take the opposite end of the spectrum and say, if we continue to play the way we've been playing our last few matches, since the galaxy game, Tigres hoisted trophy at BMO. I don't want it to happen. I don't think it'll happen, but I'm trying to be devil's advocate here. I want LAC to win eh, everybody else, but I just don't think we've been playing as well. Did, and I did, and I hope to God I'm wrong and we rise to the occasion. But did, I do not you, like the way LAFC's been playing these past couple of games. Did you just say devil's advocate like Hello Kitty? Is that yeah, Hello exactly. You, you caught that. Lovely. I got to find her. She's somewhere in here, probably probably somewhere like underneath a bunch of jerseys. You're pro- the cats probably took her far, far away. <laughs> Philly, you're uh your your little white box changed there, and it wasn't me. I promise. I don't know who did it, but I love it so much. Well, I, I, I of course I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I don't want to be right under the circumstance. I, I, think, I hate I think, saying anything negative against my team, but I, I'm just spitting what I think could be the case. I look, I wrote third time as a charm in my little white box there. I think producer Nina might have had something to do with that happening. Philly, speaking of which, our producer's ready to go to bed. I'm ready to go to bed. I've been up since I don't even know how long. And look. We got a long day tomorrow, Philly, because we're going to have to stay for a trophy presentation one way or the other. <laughs> Philly's kind of leaning towards Tigress, everybody. And uh, I'm. Uh, I just I'm don't def- like the way we've been playing, Scarf. I'm with it. Look, if anyone likes the way we've been playing recently, you haven't been watching the black and gold. I'm with you on that. But we're going to circle the wagons and we're taking home Campeones Cup. I like Ruben says players need to wear their MLS Cup rings to remind themselves they are champions in the city of champions. There it is. There's Philly's MLS Cup ring. Look, I got three two. Philly's. I don't know. I, I feel like he he had two. I said it, Scarf. Three, I'm going to throw it again. We shell shock them and we win two to one if we score first. If they score first, they win three to one. I'll leave it at that. That being said, we got cool outro music for this. Thank you all for playing. Bye bye. Okay, let's go. 